And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. everyone guess what it's my first live tour stories with photographer good friend and touring comrade rachel dimmy in this episode we talk about rachel's new book between everywhere a documentation of four years of touring with death cab for cutie resulting in a beautiful collection of pictures and words between everywhere is published by minor manners and our conversation takes place at the elliott bay book company in seattle washington please enjoy <laughs> we haven't done a, an audio test yet. Testing you. Oh, good. There we are. You sound great. Thank you. Right, Chris? Um, 
How you doing, Rachel? I'm nervous, Joe. You are? Yeah. I don't like this. Did you have a nap today? No. The reason I ask is because one of the most valuable skills of touring that I've picked up and brought home is the power nap. And I told you I wasn't going to put you on the spot, but I'm going to. But it's only kind of on the spot. You have this entire next 45 minutes to think of an answer. What valuable and silly skill have you brought home from tour? Or you can answer now if you've got the answer. Uh, I hate you so much You're not much on the right spot. Now. You're not on the you spot. So much right now. I told him before we, before we even like got <laughs> together, I was like, if you need me to recall something, you need to give me a hint about what it is because as soon as I'm in front of people, I'm going to forget literally everything I know. And that is happening right now. It's my nightmare. What's my birthday? February. Whoa. Just yeah. joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first and foremost, congrats. Um, Between Everywhere is a beautiful documentation of about four years of touring with Death Cab. Uh, I haven't heard of Death Cab, but <laughs> there, I bought a record today, and it's good. Um, but uh, it's, it really, truly is beautiful. Both, both the candid and um, the performance shots, candid shots speak more to me because I am a touring musician. But all in all, they're really beautiful. And I want to add that Rachel's writing is wonderful. It's really, it really speaks to me. A lot of things in the book, which I'll talk about. Um, but I also think that there's a second congratulations in order here, which I know this means a lot to you. One, it's your first book. Two, you are now a special part of of independent book and independent publishing culture. It's amazing. How does that how does that feel? It feels I I didn't think this would ever happen. Um, I grew up in Portland and uh, Powell's was my that's, I see y'all nodding. Yeah. It's a good it's a good bookstore. That was that was the store that I kind of grew up going to and many other like different you know, there's a the big one downtown but then there are like the little satellite ones and um, I bought the first chapter book I ever picked out was from the Powells in Beaverton, uh, where we were living at the time. Which, by the way, guys, the first chapter book I ever picked out for myself at the age of seven years old was The Diary of Anne Frank. If you want to know <laughs> what kind of child I was, um, I bought that at a Powells. Uh, but anyways, I, I, I would spend so much time going, um, especially downtown, to Powells and looking at music books in particular. I loved the music section and and started going to shows and and there was a part of me was like, man, I just want one of these. And uh but I thought it would be for writing. I didn't think it would ever be for photography. So um that I that I have one of these. Not only like they'll you know at potentially my the bookstore that I grew up going to, but Elliott Bay in particular, um which has been it was like I moved here in 2014 and uh, it was the first place that I really like felt like, Oh yeah, if I have one of these, I'm, I'm good. Like I can kill some time and wander through and grab a coffee and leave through the books like I always do. So it's a real honor to be here and I'm, I feel, yeah, I'm pumped. Um, a little bit of a background for me and Rachel is that we've known each other for about 12, maybe 15 years. And, uh, surprise we met each other touring uh, actually actually i'm just gonna put this out uh -oh, there. oh god yeah 
the first time I ever met you, you'll never, I don't know, I think you'll remember this. I was working at Whole Foods downtown Portland, and you came through my line with Janet Weiss. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, that's the drummer for Black Harper Session. <laughs> I was like, that's uh, so cool. And that's the drummer for Slater Kenny. That's even that's cooler. That's cooler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I remembered you were so nice, but then we didn't actually like become friends until okay. like five or six years later. That's right. And wh- where we we were, uh, we toured with the Shins only, I think. Yeah. I was on drums. Rachel was on merchandise management, tour management assistants. Is that right? Assistant tour manager. I like to say it the other way. Um, I don't like to, I don't like to think of myself as a tour manager's assistant. And uh, needless to say, uh, we both love traveling. Um, but there's something again to your writing in this book. Um, there's this notion you bring up of of constructive, uh, constantly moving, non-static environment that rock touring is, and and it's all supported and executed by a, a real true collective every single day. And we're trying to create comfort, excitement, uh, a lot of things. And that, that was really new for me to look at it that way, the way you worded it in your book. So thank you. But it, it gave me a new perspective. But can you talk a little bit about what that constructive environment means to you? Yeah, and this is going to be a... a- part of the artist talk that I do on Sunday. But one of the things that I've really um, was sort of really drawn to when I started touring, especially after years of looking at, you know, music photography books and and seeing, you know, especially stuff in the 70s, 80s, like, it's always just this like, you know, it's kind of, God, it's also haphazard. And it's, so loose and so chaotic and so glamorous and so you know, I mean it's just like it's and it's so excessive um and then when I started touring in 2007 I started to realize like it isn't that I don't think it was just because I was touring with indie rock bands like I wasn't on like those kinds of tours like you know the ones that are written about in you know epic tomes like the dirt but right, yeah <laughs> um but I have always been really kind of curious about you know like the stage itself is something that gets built every day and everybody knows that like it's it's almost like you know you kind of break in the fourth wall like the audience knows like yeah that that was a constructed thing there are lights those lights are there for a certain purpose but but everything behind the stage kind of rides this line between fact fiction you know it's we we create these like this sense of home, but it's all fake, essentially. Um, so, and then there are things about it that are just so like off, and um, it's kind of hard to describe. But I I love the idea that every day we're building a set and we try to pass it off as normal, but it's not. And it's kind right. of, it's like slightly surreal. It's almost Lynchian. Well, you forget about it also. You forget about it because you yeah. acclimate. Like, yeah. like, or we acclimate. We're touring. We, we begin to think that this is normal. And then you walk into a room and there's just like a single table with a single bag of chips and like and a tub of salsa. And that's the only thing in the room. And you're like, this is so weird. <laughs> like, you know, and we, we've, we've just decided like, yeah, this is how we live. This is, this is, to-. but 
I mean, even like certain venues, like, you know, venues get built and people make decisions about that. And there's so much work that goes into building a venue. And then you walk into a venue, you walk into the bathroom and there's like a toilet in the corner of the room on a stage. (laughs) It's literally on a platform. This is somewhere in Lawrence, Kansas, I think. Um, And I was just like, who made this decision? (laughs) (laughs) But And somehow, I don't know if if these were conscious decisions or if they were... um, just accidents, but I I love that sort of interplay between like chaos and entropy, and then yeah. the fact that these are like these were deliberate places that were built to house music and to house musicians and and their crew who would come through. Um, and I think in a way like photography within the because you know photography is kind of considered to be sort of a, a truth teller in a way. But I loved that I've been able to, like, you know, kind of playing with that sort of idea that that photography is all true. This is this is a book that's it's a documentary in a way, but but what is who who built the set? Like who who constructed right. the scenes that I'm shooting? And I, I don't know. I just I find that stuff really fascinating. So yeah. It's a big gray area there. I think part of the excitement also is um, that you are constantly trying to gain control of your environment. I mean, that's what you're doing, and then it becomes unconscious, and you just mm-hmm. do that every single day. And then it's this, this sort of unknown thing that's keeping us going. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the process from the beginning of this book. Um I ask people this on my podcast, which is called Tour Stories. Um, I ask this question and this, here's the answer. I'll do it in reverse. People say, I don't know, Albuquerque. Here's the question I ask. (laughs) Where were you when you were writing this record? I don't mean that. I mean your headspace, man. (laughs) Anyways, if anyone has any suggestions how to rewrite that question. But now I've explained it. Where were you at the beginning of this? Don't say Albuquerque. I was not, a, I was and, not in Albuquerque, that's for sure. And then more importantly, um, why do you want to share this part of your life with people? So when, so this, this, this work didn't start out uh, as a book. I, I did not think that that's what we were doing, but I had, um, I had been touring professionally as an assistant tour manager, a tour, man- a tour manager, assistant tour manager, merch, whatever needed to be done. Oftentimes many jobs at the same time. Um, and, uh, ben Gibbard, who is my husband, this is, I don't know if everybody knows that, but we, we were dating at the time and we were trying to figure out like, where's our relationship going? And, um, both of us were touring independently of each other and kind of never saw each other. So it was a sort of a decision to get off the road and, um, you know, figure out what was going on there. So when he, they were embarking on, uh, Kintsugi, the beginning of the album cycle, I was going to be on tour with them and, I was like, hey, guys, like, I don't do well on tour if I have nothing to do. So would you mind if I took photos and your your social media presence is lacking uh, tremendously? Mm-hmm. So maybe if I could just, you know, if you guys want something for your Instagram account, I'll just keep I'll just shoot and that'll be fun. And and it was. And so I uh, but after a year of that, I was sort of like, oh, there's kind of a lot of work here. And my experience as a professional crew member um and as you know the girlfriend of 
a band member kind of gave me a, a certain access and a certain view that I don't think uh, necessarily a, a ton of people have. I had been shooting on tour, every tour that I've done since 2007, I brought my camera um, and it kind of gained a bit of a, a well, Instagram following, whatever that means anymore, but um, some kind of audience um, just kind of showing the day-to-day backstage. And I was like, well, what if I wasn't like, what if I was doing that as my only job and not like alongside the job I was really hired for? So yeah, I, I kind of built a body of work and I was like, I think I want this to be a book, but I don't know how to do that. And, um, and yeah, it took a couple more years to keep building that, that work. And then, yeah, and then I met Michelle. So, yeah, what was the second part of that question? <laughs> why did you feel like, or why did you want to share it with people? What, what was behind that? Well, I think, I think part of it is like, you know, we have a, a, documented like photographic history of, of rock music in particular that looks a very certain way. And, and when I realized that my reality didn't look like that, I was like, well, I kind of want to show what my reality is. And, and also not a lot of those photographers are women. Um, and not a lot of those photographers ever actually toured doing like the day-to-day slog of waking up early and not getting any sleep and, you know, living pretty much solely on coffee and, whatever catering gave you. And then I, I was finding ways to shoot between my actual job. Um, and that there's something about being part of the crew um, in particular that, you know, and then sharing a bus with everybody that is this collaborative element <laughs> that you just don't get as a photographer solely. If you are hired to be a photographer, everybody knows you're the photographer. So there's this kind of, there's always this awareness and there's always a little bit of an arm's length thing that's happening. Um, but when you're crew, when you're a friend, when you're a confidant, when you're a, a slumber party attendee, mm-hmm. as we are every single night, there's a different kind of familiarity, there's a different kind of comfort, a different kind of level of trust that you wouldn't get if you're like, you're shooting for Rolling Stone and you know you get hired to be on the bus for three days. Plus, I was with these bands for... 10 months out of the year. So I would see the same things over and over and over again. And at a, to a certain point where I always had my camera on me and the people just didn't see it anymore. Um, and so that was, that was kind of special. Like, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was important to share that not only cause that's a side people haven't seen, but because also like it's, it's a weird, cool thing to be able to have a job that, intersex creativity, community, um, that's nomadic. Like I, I really wish there was like a book of like, you know, someone who's like touring with a carnival or the circus or something like from the inside Yeah, who like shoots that stuff. And and there's a book about that because that's kind of what it felt like to me. Um, and I actually just, I like sharing my world with people. If I'm going to spend 80 hours a week doing something like, I don't know, kind of also and there's sorry there's so many things but I, I, I spoke to uh kids at a high school a couple of years back and I was like yeah this is my job and they're like that's your job and I'm like oh my god like what if you had been in high school and someone had been like hey there's a job you can do that's like kind of the business end of 
creativity and you can travel and you can meet people and you know all this stuff like I wish I had known that was a job when I was in high school so it's also kind of a way of being like hey guys this is a job you could do this if you like spreadsheets and (laughs) if you like like uh hanging out with your coworkers all the time right (laughs) which you don't sometimes I do I like breaks Um, I'd like to talk about at least one photo. Uh, I told you which one it is. Yeah. It is fabulous. Yeah. Right. Yes, that's it. Okay. What? Well, one thing about. Like I'll start with this. One thing about this photo is I looked at it when I initially looked at it. I was like, oh, I love this photo. It's my favorite photo in the book. Whatever I thought. Then I went back to it several times, and there's so much depth. And there's a, a lot of your photos have a lot more depth than. I recognized at first, keep this book out and just keep looking at it. It keeps giving is what I'm saying. Um, so this image is, uh, it, it cracks me up. I have a hunch of what's going on. I could be wrong. But um, as you can tell, Ben is in outer space. And... <laughs> The other, Very I, it might not be outer space, but he is not with the other guys. And um, my hunch, and I again, I could be wrong, and don't tell me if I'm wrong. But I think this is pre-show, and Ben is like, okay, I'm, I'm about to play a show. I'm about to sing five bazillion words and play guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there, and the other guys, that's their preparation, which is my preparation, joking around right before you go on stage. <laughs> And it illustrates, what one thing that this image illustrates is the power, which is a skill people gain on tour, to uh, be in the middle of complete chaos, noise, uh, a moving vehicle, and just you have to be able to go away. That's been going away, I think. Um, But the point of me bringing this up is capturing this photo you have an eye, I think, is what they say in the art world. Um, you, you definitely have an eye, but there's something that you, that you have, and I think it's more like um, a sense, or a spidey sense, if you will, um, because you only have one half of a second to get this photo, and this isn't set up. This is a candid photo. It's just, you must have a sense. I mean, I imagine you just going, like, like not even facing them, just kind of... No, I definitely have to face like, them. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, how'd you do that? It's great. <laughs> how do you do that? Thanks. Yeah. Um, so one of the cool things about art sometimes is that you don't really know how you do something, and then you, you see it, and you're like, who did that? Like, it's it's a really cool thing to experience um, when you realize you were the one who took that, or you were the one who wrote that. Or painted that. Um, I think, I think it's just some of it is having just been backstage for over fifteen years and various, not just Death Cab, but other bands, and, and seeing how bands work. <coughs> there's a level of attention that you have to pay at all times that I really enjoy paying. It's like kind of just what I. It's what I occupy my time with. I just notice all the time. Um. I, I said that the reason I have to, I have to face them because the camera that I have is a fully, it's like a digital camera, but it's fully manual. There's no autofocus. Uh, like oh. I'm, I'm focusing, right. I'm shooting and I, you know, you make mistakes, mistakes, but, 
um, the happy accidents is what I like to call them. Um, but yeah, there, there's always an anticipation that something could happen. And I always, I am kind of trying to find the space where I'm like, I'm close enough, but not too close to the point where I'm, I don't feel like I'm necessarily influencing the scene, but I think I just got lucky. And I know that's not a Mm -hmm. great answer, but that's really, that's the truth. Like you get lucky, but, but you know, when you're on tour with a band, you get many, many chances to do things. So I have a lot of photos that are like this from different nights that aren't necessarily successful or don't necessarily convey, um, what, like, you don't always get the gesture. You don't always get the look on somebody's face, but you're like, ah, there's always tomorrow. And you can kind of build from that. You can kind of learn from that and be like, okay, last night I stood here and well, maybe I'll stand there tomorrow and let's see if maybe there's another chance. But yeah, I think ultimately I, I wish I, there was like a, a, a list I could give you of like things right. you can do, but there just isn't. I think you're just prepared to be lucky. You're prepared to be lucky. I think that's the thing. It's like showing up. Yeah. Like I'm kind of always working when I'm out there and, and work is, is the term I use to describe something that I just really enjoy doing. It's not, it doesn't feel like work at all. It's just, but there is a, there is an, a level of attention and energy you have to put towards that. And there's a kind of um, separation and distance that you kind of keep in order to have that space to attend to what's happening and to notice those small things. And the same way that, you know, you're talking about like carving out that space. Like I got to go inward. Yeah. That's something I've always been fascinated with. So, you know, there's a, there's a cacophony happening around him, but I'm always looking for the person who is carving out that space for themselves because finding spaciousness on tour is so hard to do. It is just like, you got to, move other people's shit to get to your shit and you've got to like you're in a bunk and it's small if you're in a bus at all you might be in the van like you to to carve out any kind of space whether it be physical internal whatever you have to you have to learn how to shut a lot out and i find that really fascinating how the different ways because everybody does it differently um especially to center themselves before a show so, yeah, it's I'm always looking for like the quiet one or the one in the corner who's kind of like not participating. I'm like, that's the person I want to shoot. Did you have any idea of how many candid shots versus performance shots? Not exactly numbers or anything, but initially when you when you started, were you um, more interested in live shots or or just candid shots or? I love shooting live performance. Actually, that's what I started doing when I was a teenager. I was bringing my camera to shows and just back then too, you didn't like, you didn't need a photo pass or anything. So I've been shooting shows since I was like 16 years old. Um, So that's always my number one. I just love it. I love just how dramatic it is and the lighting. I mean, it's it's so fun, but, um, but truly to make a book about the things that people don't see, like all of you can go to a show and see the things that I see in a way, like you see the same stage from the same angle, but you don't get to see backstage and backstage. There wasn't necessarily like a quantity of things. Um, What we tried to do with this book in particular, this selection of photographs is, is give a pretty balanced um, sense of what tour looks like because there is the performance part of it. You have to include that. Um, I had many people suggest to me, like, we don't need to see the live stuff. Like, let's just see the backstage stuff. And I'm like, yeah. oh, the live stuff's important because that's a that's a 
that's what all of the backstage stuff, that's what all of the the stuff are like, it, that's, we're all there for the show. Everything you do all day long, and it's, you know, some days are easier than others, but all of it is for that two hours on stage. Um, so we need to include that. And then it's a matter of selecting, you know, which which versions of those photographs. Um, so, yeah, I think in this case, in this book, we, I think we probably did probably like 80-20 mm-hmm. um, to, to give the sense of like that's, that's actually kind of the percentage of like hours of the day that you would spend in both of those places traveling or, you know, backstage or whatever. And then those two hours on stage. So, yeah. Um, Death Cab is your family on a few different levels. And um, there is a sense of family in, in a lot of this book. And, and you not only, even if there weren't words about it, you, you get that feeling. And I think you really, you captured that. Do you, do you feel like you captured both this particular culture and your family together? And what, did it make it easier? Were yeah. you more comfortable? Well, I think every tour I've ever been on has had some sense of family. And that, that definition has been honed over the years. I've you know wrote about that actually in the book. But there is a certain element of like, hey, like from day one, like we're all in this together. And we're all part of this machine. So you bond really quickly. So every every band I've toured with has, has felt like family. Every crew I've toured with has felt like family. Um Death Cab is really unique because I've known them consistently the longest of pretty much any band and I've been the closest with them. Um, and then there's like the, you know, sort of classic definition of family, whether that be marriage or, you know, relational or whatever. Um, and I have that all with Death Cab and, and Death Cab has been a part of my life since I started, since I started working in at least booking, um, not in music entirely, but, um, right after college. So they are family on just about every level. And the fact that like, I don't know that I could make a book like this with any other band, like as much as I would consider other bands family. Like when I was, you know, touring with St. Vincent, especially like that was, that was very, that was a very much a family unit, but death cab has 15 years on that, you know? So yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, Knowing this band pretty much through my entire adult life um, is the reason that a book could have come out of this. Right. Um, there's a lot of shots that that I can see exhaustion and uh, extreme fatigue and some physical um, issues. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I, do you know you took my Instagram? I'm not promoting my Instagram thing, but... I just dawned on me two days ago. My Instagram picture is my black eye. You yeah. took that photo. Did I take that photo? You did. Major frisbee incident. Was that like early? Okay. No, was that... We can't go down this road, but it yeah, was a we're frisbee going down this hit road. me in the eye. What, is it in this book? It might be. So we, I was realizing that like, the, you know, this is my first published book, but we, well, I didn't make this, but uh, the Shins crew... <laughs> I think yourself included made this right. book and I was looking through this the other day being like, wow, this is like the greatest document of like early Instagram. It's like all square format, like Valencia really filtered, <laughs> like, like it's like, I forgot that I had this and I was like, Oh my God, we actually have a photo book where all of us are in this. And this was collectively taken. 
um, by band and crew alike and then compiled and is like, is, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Did I take that? Are you sure you didn't take that? I don't think so. I think you took it. Do you have Toronto. photo credit in this? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So um, I'm actually happy to pass this around if anybody wants to see like a relic from, was this 2000? I think it was made in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. And, and definitely, definitely, like I wasn't solicited for the actual image. I think I only have one picture in here. I wasn't solicited for the actual image. I think it was screen grabbed off of my Instagram <laughs> to then be printed on paper. Right. Um, and uh, I believe I, yeah, uh, James Mercer wrote uh, a little paragraph about it as well. So um, I'm hmm. just gonna, I'm gonna hand this to you. And I'd love this back at the end of the night. Like you know, I only have like two of these. So, <laughs> but it's kind of fun. So. Yeah. Um, well, Instagram. Yeah. Back to the, back to uh, in this illustration of, of exhaustion and, and f- fatigue. Um, and we were talking the other night about how touring can turn you actually into merely a shell of a human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like nothing. You're just nothing. You. Yeah. Um, you're something. You're crispy, but you're you're yeah. empty. It's weird. You can do your job. Yeah. But um. Do you still get that feeling? Because I'm getting better at it to where I, I've got a little something left when I get back. I'm not a, like a monster. <laughs> I, and it's well, not a monster, but, you know, not just like staring into space. For um, three days straight. This is not just like right when you get right. home. This is like it takes like three to five days. Do you, Does that still happen to you? Well, it's hard to talk about because we just had a pandemic where none of us traveled right. so, and you've been traveling yeah. way more than I have. And then I've, yeah. So, it, uh, I can't say for any, with any certainty in the last three years that I have improved or that things have gotten better for me. Yeah. What I will say just based on my like daily life and getting older that I think if I were to go on tour now, it might be worse. Yeah. I think I, I don't think I've grown the way you've grown. I wonder how it affect your photography. Exhaustion is a parameter that does actually, in some cases, help my creativity. I, I, all parameters help my creativity. I need limits. I'm like, I need something to push up against. I need, you know, sometimes it's boredom. Sometimes it's seeing the same thing over and over again. Exhaustion is a good one because yeah. at a certain point, you just don't give any fucks because you can't. You can't. Like, you you know, have one so job. Like, I don't know this. Sure, yeah. this, and then you realize, oh, wow, I got something kind of cool. Like yeah. the last, you know, the, the first tour that we did on Thank You for Today, which I think was fall of 2018, this was after an entire album cycle, and then I was back on the road with them again, Death Cab. And, um, and I just, the whole time I was like, oh, my God, like I'm not getting anything. I'm just shooting the same shit. Like I have, like the light, like... <laughs> My friend who designed the lights for that tour, he's brilliant, but it's not good for photography. Like he made my job so difficult to the point where I was like, I think I'm only shooting in black and white for the live shows because this is everyone looks insane. I would I would finish entire shows and just be like, I got nothing. I was so like despondent. I was like really sad. Um I was like, I'm doing my worst work. I got to go home. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm empty. And I did leave the tour for like a week to just like go like lie prone on my sister's bed or something in Austin. And then I came back to tour. And then, you know, over time, like about a year later, I was like, I can't ever look at these photos again. And about a year later, I opened the folder back up and I was like, oh, 
actually, this is some like the best work I've ever done with this band. And I'm, I'm actually the most proud of those. And I think some of it speaks to like exhaustion and just like hitting walls. And the other part of it speaks to like what many photographers talk about, which is like giving it time, like letting, letting your, your art, whatever your art is like letting it cook. Because when you're in the moment, there's something really special about being in the moment and like seeing an image that you make and be really proud of it. But time changes a lot of things. Um, and a lot, you know, your, your relationship with your images definitely changes over time. The ones you love, you realize like, oh, I only love that because I was so high on that feeling of making it. And then the other, there are some sneaky ones that come in there like, I thought that was garbage. And then with time or with maybe feedback from other people, um, I realize, yeah, you, you, you might gain a new appreciation or see things you haven't seen before. And some of that, a lot of that comes from just spending time looking at your images or, you know, looking, looking at art in general, right. like longer than the scroll, you know, you're going to do some more touring and picture taking. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm hoping this, this book will be a bit of a calling card for other artists. Maybe that would want to do that. But I also am kind of on another track with, um, some, you know, post thesis work, that I'm really excited about. And it's been a lot more like a uh, deep sort of personal excavation um, that has been really, really satisfying and really life-changing. And it's also changing completely the way that I shoot. I thought I forever, I was just like, oh, I just shoot people. That's what I do. And then we had a pandemic and there were no people. <laughs> and it was like, oh, what am I going to shoot now? Oh, well, buildings. I shoot myself. Garbage on the street, night walks. That's been my. Yeah. <laughs> and my friends are like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> Following you on Instagram, um, but it's, I don't know, and that it's kind of exciting. Like I got to shoot in the studio um, with an artist a couple weeks back, and I was like, "Oh, it feels so good to like be in unfamiliar ground again and know my way around a space." So to be able to kind of like intersperse, like or alternate between those two things, yeah, would be really good. Well, whatever it is, we look forward to it. Congratulations again on this book. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, do you want to answer my question before we take a couple other questions? My first question. That was the one that... What, like, you can still... We stupid still have time. human pet trick have I learned being on tour? Yep. Um, I'm really good at yelping. That's... Not not oh. writing reviews. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Yelping is the verb I use to like find places to go eat, basically. <laughs> I kind of have like a, a knack for being in any city and being able to find like a rad spot. I don't know. I don't know if that counts. I can MacGyver just about it. Does it? Yeah. I mean, it's a useful skill, I yes. think. Is, is it big? Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks right. for validating my stupid human pet trick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for yeah, coming. Thanks. Congrats. Thank you so much. <laughs> Rising, we're all gonna try. 
Thank you. 